1: You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also follow him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. Just still
0: kind of sorting through the uh, the goodie bag that we got on uh, draft days, and then figuring out these players and how they fit, and you know what, where the Cowboys have plans for these guys coming up this year and in the years to come.
1: This is one of my favorite weeks of the year because we we find out which players the Cowboys drafted, but it's actually easier to go back and watch these guys now, knowing that the Cowboys drafted them, and you can kind of see how they would fit in the Cowboys scheme. When I'm when I'm watching tape from January to April, you're kind of just watching guys in the broad sense of what they can do and what they don't do well. But once they get drafted by the Cowboys, it's easy to think, okay, this is what Rod Marinelli is going to have him do. This is what. Chris Richard is gonna have this player do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it makes it a little easier to kind of see how these guys fit in. Uh, So over the next couple days, we're gonna be taking a look at all of the Cowboys draft picks. Uh, Today we're gonna start with the the Cowboys two picks on day two, Tristan Hill and Connor McGovern. Um, We're gonna do a little bit of a deeper dive on these two players. So let's go ahead and start with Tristan Hill. The Cowboys pick at 58. Um, Landon, how do you think Tristan Hill fits into this Cowboys roster? And maybe why do you think that he carried such a, a high grade for them on that board? I mean,
0: he's a pretty clear easy fit at three technique. I mean, I think, you know, that he's he plug and play, ready to go, and to compete for a starting spot three technique on this defense. And I think that's part of the reason that he his grade held such a, a big stick for them is that, you know, they needed a... Guy to come in here and be a force to, to take snaps at the under tackle. They wanted to improve that position. And uh, I think that they identified this guy early as someone who would be potentially around when they picked, who, uh, you, you know, has the blend of traits that they like. You know, they, they want. Quick off the line, they they like big li, uh, linemen, you know, three hundred plus pounds, but guys who you know have like linebacker feet and hips, you know, they and want to be able. I think that, to that gets
1: mistaken to- though. I think some people think that Rod Marinelli he's not afraid to put a two hundred and eighty-five guy inside. I I just don't think, I don't think that's ideally what he wants, right?
0: No, I mean, I think that what he wants is quickness, you know, right. what he wants and, and and power, quickness blended with power. But off the line, quickness is the first thing. If he can't get it in a package that's 307 plus, I mean, first of all, not surprising because there aren't a ton of those no. guys. But second right. of all, if, if he can't, he'll take a guy that's 285, 290, who's strong as an ox, like, you know, let's say Tyrone Crawford. You know, I think the guys like that can do the job. I, I just think that he realizes that, it's it's a job that's better suited for someone who is three hundred pounds plus, who can hold up with some strength, who can do some things on the other line of the, uh, the scrimmage, on the other side of the line of scrimmage, and then still have the strength to uh, hold his own, to, to continue to disrupt, to to throw a, a interior offensive lineman, uh, you know, off off their off their mark and, and kind of just generally disrupt in the middle of the defense. So, uh, yeah, I think that. There's, you know, we talked. You and I were just talking about before, before on the show, the idea of Daniel Wise and Tristan Hill and how Dane had kind of rated them similarly. You know, I think we talked about how Dane does his board. Dane's doing his board not to the Cowboys team. You know, he's doing it to, you know, from a point uh, from a perspective of, of universal, you know. League-wide non-scheme, you know, dr- drafting, and and I think that's that's useful for getting information about these players. It's useful uh, for understanding who these guys are, and, and you know, and then taking that information and trying to figure out how that player potentially would be a fit on your specific team. But I think the thing that the people you know get caught up in a lot of times is that. The people like him and Daniel Jeremiah and these guys who work, you know, f- for the NFL or for the media side of things and, and aren't specifically, you know, team media types. These guys are, are building boards with, with you know, no prerequisites, no, um, you know, uh, sort of. Uh, standards for what they're looking for for players that fit their scheme. They're just looking at players kind of in a very generic way. That's not how the teams do this. And and so for the Cowboys they have a very set specific uh, uh, you know Kind of thresholds and, and 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 needs that they want for each position, and, and clearly they identified Tristan Hill uh, as being a guy who fit all of those all of that all those different things that they need, and that he was probably a guy that was going to be one of the few chances they have to actually upgrade the three tech position. Uh, you know, even including uh, free agency. I, I just think that. They saw where he was. They knew where his value was in the draft, and they wanted this guy. So they used the pick on him, uh, despite the fact that maybe they didn't. He wasn't the highest-rated player on their board. In fact, I know he wasn't the highest-rated player on the board because the guy that they picked next was right. actually. Rated higher on their board when they picked him in the third round. So, uh, I, but that's where I think they were with Tristan Hill. Is they identified they that they wanted to improve that position. They identified that they liked this kid and that he was going to be in range. Uh, and so they they you know they went and got their guy and, and they ultimately didn't have to trade or do anything for it. They they were able to just sit there and pick their guy.
1: All right, I a lot of different directions we can take this. I want to talk about him on the field really quickly because um, there was. I like this tape. I I think you can see that he is really explosive. Uh, His first step is phenomenal. Uh, My question is, what makes him a, a different prospect than someone like Taven Bryan, who we saw last year, who came out of the draft that I know a lot of Cowboy fans were interested in the first round. Who? You know, again, he, Taven Bryan had a fantastic first step. He could get up the field, but a lot of times it didn't translate into production. He kind of was running himself out of the play. He would get up the field, but there was no counter. There was no second move. It, it, is Tristan Hill, Taven Bryan, is that a fair comp, or do you, do you have somebody else in mind? Um, well, I, I mean...
0: I don't know, is he as athletic as Taven Bryan was? No, Taven
1: was a little more athletic, but he's a little bit bigger. He's about probably yeah, ten to fifteen I, pounds heavier. I think he's a, a little
0: bit more of a high floor than Taven Bryan was, um, and maybe slightly, you know, lower ceiling. I think, I, don't, I think that. I think. I think to me, you know, I think to me that this is this is a guy who, uh, you know, Taven Bryan, I think, needed some seasoning to get. To a point where he can get on the field regularly, I don't think that's going to be a problem with this guy. Like I feel like he he will probably see snaps. Now the question of how many snaps is going to be based on how far along he is and how far along he comes to camp. But uh, no, I think this is a guy who's probably a little bit more ready made to play with, you know, probably slightly a little bit you know slight slightly smaller. Or lower ceiling okay. than, uh, than than the Tatum Bryant.
1: All right, let's talk about what we maybe expect from him in year one. Do we do we think he's going to open up camp as the day one starter at three technique, or is that still a job that belongs to Malik Collins?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think competition is the word there. I mean, like right. they, they've got a whole bunch of new bodies all over that defensive line. Um, I think that they're likely going to just get everybody in there and then you know, throw them all out there and see exactly where they are Uh, you you know, just just, because I I also think that there's, you know, there's some question about guys like Kerry Hyder and and where are they playing, you know, so I I think that for some of these guys Tyrone Crawford's another one,
1: let's say those defensive ends, let's say Joe Jackson and maybe Taco or Armstrong take a step up, is there a chance still that we see a lot of Tyrone Crawford inside a defensive tackle?
0: I I think that uh, you know. That's why I think it's all kind of tied together, Uh, because I think that you know ultimately you've got to sort out who all's eligible, right? I think you know, I I think you know, obviously that that you know Malik and this guy are going to be in the middle of that three technique, you know, fight. Uh, but I also think that there's some opportunity for Malik to play some one technique as he has before. Um, I, you know, I think that 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 they may see some. We may even see some of uh, of, of Hill playing some one technique. But I it wouldn't I think shock that old t- Wouldn't shock me at all. I, I, I think ultimately what we're going to see is that they're going to try to sort out the guys that are the tweeners, figure out which ones are inside-outside guys, which ones are permanently inside, and which ones are permanently outside. And then we'll get into a training camp battle uh, once we get in there with Collins and uh, Hill and potentially Crawford all kind of vying for... uh, uh, for, all kind of vying for for the starting spot. And, and, And again, keep in mind that the starting spot you know it it, they're, they're all going to rotate a ton yeah. so uh, everybody's gonna get a chance to play
1: More importantly, it's who is in the game during two minute situations uh, you know at yes. the end of the end of the halves, who's on the field um, before we move on to Connor McGovern, just as we're sitting here at the end of April, what's the best four-man line the Cowboys could have like on a third and eight in the NFC championship game? Who are the four guys you want on the field? Uh, like a NASCAR package? Is Whatever that what you're you want. Is that what? Your best four guys on the field to get to the For court. pass rushing?
0: For, pa- yeah, for rushing for, the pass,
1: The rush Aaron Rodgers. Let, let's say, um,
0: I, I'm not sure whether Tristan Hill or Malik Collins as the one technique. One of those two. Uh, I think that you get um, Demarcus Lawrence at the three technique. Yeah, I like this. And, the, and then you've got Robert Quinn and Randy Grig- Gregory on either side.
1: Yeah, see, I like Tyrone Crawford and Lawrence inside, with yeah, Randy okay. and Randy and uh, Robert Quinn. That's a lot of fun right there. That is yeah. a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I
0: mean, I think the, the, and it's entirely this, possible too. Like, oh, I, they, look, I, they're, they're dumping all this resources into the into the uh, uh, you know into the uh, to the defensive line for a reason, so that they can come up with all the uh, more than one set of you know really fun combinations that they can have out there at at one point.
1: I also think they wanted to add, and we'll get to this tomorrow when we're talking about some of the defensive ends they drafted, I just don't think they want to play Demarcus Lawrence as many snaps as they had to play him last year. I think they'd like to keep him around the 65-70% to of the snaps, and uh, if you can find fun combinations to get maybe potentially Randy Randy Gregory back, Robert Quinn on the field, Tyrone Crawford, maybe both Malik Collins and Tristan Hill at the same time, I, I think that kind of benefits everybody. All right, let's go ahead and move to the Cowboys' uh, third-round pick, uh, guard/slash center Connor McGovern from Penn State. Uh, kind of a surprising pick when the Cowboys made it because we didn't spend a lot of time looking at offensive linemen. We didn't. We didn't even have a single show talking about interior offensive linemen here. Yet the Cowboys felt like Connor McGovern was the best player on the board. They took him, uh, and they figure they feel like they're going to figure this out as they go. So. Kind of just your initial reactions Landon, on the Conor McGovern pick, and maybe what you expect from him this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Connor McGovern. You know, every every one of these drafts, there's a they pick a guy that uh, we haven't studied or no one's really talked about. And, you know, and I think for this year, Connor McGovern was that guy. I mean, just because he was your third round pick, I loved it because you know, if anything. It's a pure value pick. They mm-hmm. love this guy. They they had him ranked higher than they uh, had Tristan Hill, and um, I think yeah you know, they had a second round pick on on this guy. Uh, I think that they they looked at the situation and you know they saw value on the board and and they knew that they had had, had injuries at the position before just last year. And that having depth there was not the worst thing. I think you know a couple guys had kind of gone in front of them uh, that, that they had wanted and they just didn't force things. They just went with the board. They got a guy that I think you know can be a s- starter soon ish like a, you know maybe even this year mm-hmm. um, and can come in and, and be a long-term solution for you for you, for you and, and, and again, you got a lot of you've got a lot of money invested in this position. You're about to have to make a decision on whether you want to invest more money on this position at right tackle, which I don't think you probably are going to. Um, so I, you know, I think what you've got in this guy is a guy who, um, if he, you know, he has some flaws in technique, but easy to fix flaws. And if you had fixed those flaws, I, I think this guy is like a late
1: end of the first round type player oh, there was you know, certainly a worse offensive lineman taking over him certainly
0: oh yeah I mean I think because especially again he's very solid as is he has some some weakness to his game but all his weaknesses are very doable like they're very fixable it's it's footwork it's trusting his footwork it's it's playing with a little bit better control it's not trying to get this guy to be more athletic or stronger or any of that like he has all of that it's more mm-hmm. just honing technique which i think is very workable um so i yeah i love the pick i really enjoyed going back and watching him because uh, he's just Kind of a a big people mover. He could move. I mean, he's got very good athleticism. His issue yeah. when he's on the move is not his athleticism. It's staying in control. I, I think it's it's he needs footwork, you know, technique. He needs to learn how to focus on this footwork when he gets out off the line and on the second level and when he's a uh, pass blocking. He just needs to remember to, to to drill that footwork better. And I I think this guy could be a solid starter for you for for a long time.
1: All right, I've just got a couple notes and things I wanted to add about McGovern. Um, First of all, you love the versatility. 21 starts at right guard, 14 at center. That's going to be important because probably in year one, he's going to be a swing interior offensive lineman. He's going to have to be able to back up multiple positions. Uh, and It's good to, to know that he already has that experience. Uh, played really well last year as a right guard. Um, I, I kind of almost wonder, though, if he's still a center in the NFL, but it's Uh, it's nice to see his versatility. Uh, You mentioned the athleticism. One of the things that I always look for with uh, offensive linemen is that 20-yard shuttle. That's one of the things that has been proven to be a pretty good indicator of success in the NFL for offensive linemen. Uh, Ran a 4.57 20-yard shuttle. That's good enough for like 81st percentile among all the offensive linemen since 1999. Excellent broad jump, above average three-cone. Uh, he's got long arms, 34-inch arms, uh, big wingspan. I mean, he's got a lot of size. So size isn't the issue. Uh, athleticism isn't the issue. Uh, so I think I think you'll be doing pretty good there in terms of what you can work with. And the other thing is, he's only 21 years old. This is a guy that's going to get a lot stronger. His technique's going to get better. He's not a finished product by any means. You look at some of these other offensive linemen that are drafted, like. Uh, for example, Garrett Bradbury, a guy that I liked a lot out of North Carolina State, going to be 24 years old when the season starts. McGovern's 21. You have a, a lot of time to kind of improve his body and that kind of stuff. We've already seen that with Connor Williams in Dallas, right? In one offseason, look how much Connor Williams was able to change his body, and I think you're going to get a much, much better player down the road. Um, and kind of just let's wrap up this McGovern conversation by kind of thinking about how do you think – The Cowboys are gonna work out this offensive line situation in 2019 and going forward. Do you think the plan is to have Connor Williams at right tackle in 2020? Do you think they're just gonna kinda let those guys compete? What do you think Dallas is gonna try to do here?
0: I think it you know, once he became the pick, it it certainly became the most interesting storyline of of the offseason, you know, because I I, it it really is you know, the, the depth there now is I mean, the depth there before it was, was ridiculous. It was, it was, yeah, it was the mean,
1: deepest spot on the team.
0: We talked about the idea of adding a, a, an offensive tackle, a developmental offensive tackle to eventually replace. And, you know, I think the thing is, is that it's, it's – it was interesting when we talked about a tackle because that was a little bit more straightforward, you know, and, and adding a tackle back there and just putting him into the depth chart, either making him an inactive or, you know, whatever. But now that it's a guard, now you're talking about, how, you know, necessarily needing to move somebody if the idea is that, that McGovern is going to come in and, and be a starter for you at some point. So now, you know, uh, the the stories that kind of trickled out a little bit that, that Connor Williams was talked to apparently this off season or before the off season about potentially moving to tackle at some point. Um, So I think the the question now becomes, when is that going to happen? I mean, is that, I mean, is that something that they do? They wait until next year. Do they start getting him snaps at right tackle like soon? And, 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 Here's the other part that's kind of weird is that it's not like right guard and right tackle. Right. You know, it's like he's playing left guard and right tackle. And, and that transition, even though, you know, Lale Collins had made it previously, Lale struggled with it a little bit. And on top of that, it's not exactly a position. I mean, you're—it's basically having to do everything backwards and at a different sp- spot,
1: you know. So, yeah, but Larry Allen um, did it. It should be no problem at all, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, Hall of Famer
0: did it. Oh, and his son's <laughs> here, so maybe his son can give That's us some perfect. some uh, some t- tips. I, you know, I, I just think that th- how they decide to un unwrap all of this at this point. Um, Is going to be very interesting because I think it's it's you know what they're going to what the plan is specifically with Connor Williams for over the next year and the timing of all that is is going to be very fascinating.
1: Okay, this is what I would do if I was in charge of making these changes. What is your best possible offensive line in 2019?
0: I mean, if the idea is that you're trying to get Lyle Collins to move back into guard and then put Connor Williams at
1: tackle this year? I don't love if that, that's where, What? I don't love that. You don't love that? Okay. No, I, I like it better I, the way they had it to start the season. I would rather have Connor Williams start at left tackle or left guard keep Lyle Collins at right tackle. I just think that gives you the best offensive line in 2019. I, if you I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely, the, I, I
0: definitely think that that's the case. Like, I, I don't think that the, the, the issue to me is that is more just the timing of, of everything else afterwards. I, sure. I agree. For 2019, you know, Connor Williams starting at left guard uh, and then Leo Collins being your right tackle. And then, uh, you know, what? Do you, uh, maybe you figure something out with Joe Looney? Do you see if you can get something trade-wise from him? No, I keep him. him.
1: The, guy that, the guy that I think is gone is Xavier Suofilo, right? I, I just don't see a spot for him on the roster. But he's not going to give you anything.
0: Like, no one's trading for
1: Xavier Sue I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up Looney because I know he's a value guy in the locker room, and we saw him play well last year. I'm just not going to get, if I trade him, I'm not going to get the return on investment that I want, right? I I think he's more valuable. If he walks away, you're going to get no return on investment, though. I think that's okay. I I think with the Cowboys, the way their team is structured right now, I want to have the best and deepest offensive line possible for this year. If I lose Lyle Collins next year and Joe Looney next year, I'll figure it out then. But at this point, the offensive line is too valuable of a spot, especially for this team, to to give up good players. Okay, but here's my, my counter to that is... What
0: if they like the guys that they have in their lot? What about Ed Adam Redmond or someone like that that they like who's young, but now you're going to have to let that guy go for a vet who really doesn't serve a purpose as much anymore now that you've got Connor McGovern.
1: I know, but when you made the pick of McGovern, you kind of had to know that. You knew that going in. It means that they thought yeah. McGovern was significantly better than guys like Redmond at the bottom of the roster. I... I know that's that. It, it does kind of stink because you're giving up on guys that you've developed for a year. But I think McGovern should be significantly better than both of those guys.
0: Yeah, maybe you're right. I think you know, like I said, these are all interesting questions. That I think that they're gonna uh, they're gonna have to, to sort through with all of this because it's it's not gonna be just so straightforward. I think, it, like I said, I think the defensive line is gonna have a similar
1: problem too. Oh, um, I think even more so, actually. Because there's so many guys there. I mean, you you can only keep nine, ten guys there, and I mean, you've how many defensive ends do you have that you like, or you've drafted seven or eight? It's going to be a challenge to see which ones make the team. Like, it, it would not be comp- completely shocking if both Taco Charlton and Dorrance Armstrong didn't make the roster in 2019. Like, I, that's certainly in the in the range of possibilities.
0: Yeah, I, I I think Dorrance is probably longer for this world than Taco is, but we'll yeah. see. Because honestly, who knows? Maybe Taco really has. Look, this is the year that for Taco. Because, oh, absolutely. And, and yeah. I, I know we all want to th- write him off, and that's fine. And I, I, you know, look. I mean, again, I did not advocate for him to be on the team. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to be hurt if he gets cut. I, but I am saying that I think before we all write him off, we should give him this sure. year. Because Absolutely. this is the year, the third year that he's a developmental player, so this should be the time he showed us some things at times last year. So let's see what he did in the offseason. Maybe he's made himself invaluable, and if that's the case, then man, I, I don't, I don't yeah. know what they're gonna do. Uh, they got
1: so many hard decisions to make. Uh, well, they're good hard decisions, right? That, yeah. This is the best thing about if you're gonna create competition at certain spots. Offensive line and defensive line is absolutely where you want it because it's the two most important positions in football outside of quarterback. And if you can just keep rotating talent in there, making those guys have to earn every single snap, uh, I think your football team is in a pretty good spot. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time.